1 June 1st copyright by K.A. G. Sears, Ph.D., with permission, Ron Leonard, http colon slash slash www.25th aviation.org. One reason America's agonizing perception of Vietnam will not go away, is because that perception is wrong. It's out of place in the American psyche, and it continues to fester in much the same way battle wounds fester when shrapnel or other foreign matter is left in the body. It is not normal behavior for Americans to idolize mass-murdering despots, to champion the cause of slavery, to abandon friends and allies, or to cut and run in the face of adversity. Why then did so many Americans engage in these types of activities during the country's Vietnam experience? That the American experience in Vietnam was painful and ended in long-lasting, albeit self-inflicted, grief and misery cannot be disputed. However, the reasons behind that grief and misery are not even remotely understood, by either the American people or their government. Contradictory to popular belief, and a whole lot of wishful thinking by a solid core of some 16,000,000,000 plus American draft dodgers and their families and supporters, it was not a military defeat that brought misfortune to the American effort in Vietnam. The United States military in Vietnam was the best educated, best trained, best disciplined and most successful force ever fielded in the history of American arms. Why then, did it get such bad press, and, why is the public's opinion of them so twisted? The answer is simple. But first, a few relevant comparisons. During the Civil War, at the Battle of Bull Run, the entire Union Army panicked and fled the battlefield. Nothing even remotely resembling that debacle ever occurred in Vietnam. In World War II at the Kasserine Pass in Tunisia, elements of the U.S. Army were overrun by the Germans. In the course of that battle, Hitler's General Rommel, the Desert Fox, inflicted 3,100 U.S. casualties took 3,700 U.S. prisoners and captured or destroyed 198 American tanks. In Vietnam no U.S. military units were overrun and no U.S. military infantry units or tank outfits were captured. World War II again. In the Philippines, U.S. Army Generals Jonathan Wainwright and Edward King surrendered themselves and their troops to the Japanese. In Vietnam no U.S. generals, or U.S. military units ever surrendered. Before the Normandy invasion, D-Day, 1944, the U.S. Army, in World War II the U.S. Army included the Army Air Corps which today has become the U.S. Air Force, In England filled its own jails with American soldiers who refused to fight and then had to rent jail space from the British to handle the overflow. The U.S. Army in Vietnam never had to rent jail space from the Vietnamese to incarcerate American soldiers who refused to fight. Desertion. Only about 5,000 men assigned to Vietnam deserted and just 249 of those deserted while in Vietnam. During World War II, in the European theater alone, over 20,000 U.S. military men were convicted of desertion and, on a comparable percentage basis, the overall World War II desertion rate was 55% higher than in Vietnam. During the World War II Battle of the Bulge in Europe two regiments of the U.S. Army's 106th Division surrendered to the Germans. Again, in Vietnam no U.S. Army unit ever surrendered. The highest-ranking American soldier killed in World War II was Lt. 3-star, General Leslie J. McNair. He was killed when American warplanes accidentally bombed his position during the invasion of Europe. In Vietnam there were no American generals killed by American bombers. As for brutality, during World War II the U.S. Army executed nearly 300 of its own men. In the European theater alone, the U.S. Army sentenced 443 American soldiers to death. Most of these sentences were for the rape and or murder of civilians. In the Korean War, Major General William F. Dean, commander of the 24th Infantry Division, was taken prisoner of war, POW. In Vietnam no U.S. generals, 
much less division commanders, were ever taken prisoner. During the Korean War the U.S. Army was forced into the longest retreat in its history. A catastrophic 275-mile withdrawal from the Yalu River all the way to Pyeongtaek, 45 miles south of Seoul. In the process they lost the capital city of Seoul. The U.S. military in Vietnam was never compelled into a major retreat nor did it ever abandon Saigon to the enemy. The 1st U.S. Marine Division was driven from the Chosun Reservoir and forced into an emergency evacuation from the Korean port of Hongnam. There they were joined by other U.S. Army and South Korean soldiers and the U.S. Navy eventually evacuated 105,000 Allied troops from that port. In Vietnam there was never any mass evacuation of U.S. Marine, South Vietnamese or Allied troop units. Other items, only 25% of the U.S. military who served in Vietnam were draftees. During World War II, 66% of the troops were draftees. The Vietnam force contained three times as many college graduates as did the World War II force. The average education level of the enlisted man in Vietnam was 13 years, equivalent to one year of college. Of those who enlisted, 79% had high school diplomas. This at a time when only 65% of the military-age males in the general American population were high school graduates. The average age of the military men who died in Vietnam was 22.8 years old. Of the 101, 101, 18-year-old draftees who died in Vietnam, seven of them were black. Blacks accounted for 11.2% the combat deaths in Vietnam. At that time black males of military age constituted 13.5% of the American population. It should also be clearly noted that volunteers suffered 77% of the casualties, and accounted for 73% of the Vietnam deaths. The charge that the poor died in disproportionate numbers is also a myth. An MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, study of Vietnam death rates, conducted by Professor Arnold Barnett, revealed that servicemen from the richest 10% of the nation's communities had the same distribution of deaths as the rest of the nation. In fact his studies showed that the death rate in the upper-income communities of Beverly Hills, Belmont, Chevy Chase, and Great Neck exceeded the national average in three of the four, and, when the four were added together and averaged, that number also exceeded the national average. On the issue of psychological health, mental problems attributed to service in Vietnam are referred to as PTSD. Civil War veterans suffered soldiers' heart in World War I. The term was shell-shock during World War II and in Korea it was battle fatigue. Military records indicate that Civil War psychological casualties averaged 26 per thousand men. In World War II some units experienced over 100 psychiatric casualties per 1,000 troops, in Korea nearly one quarter of all battlefield medical evacuations were due to mental stress. That works out to about 50 per 1,000 troops. In Vietnam the comparable average was 5 per 1,000 troops. To put Vietnam in its proper perspective it is necessary to understand that the U.S. military was not defeated in Vietnam and that the South Vietnamese government did not collapse due to mismanagement or corruption, nor was it overthrown by revolutionary guerrillas running around in rubber tire sandals, wearing black pajamas and carrying homemade weapons. There was no general uprising or revolt by the southern population. Saigon was overrun by a conventional army made up of 17 conventional divisions, organized into four army corps. This totally conventional force, armed, equipped, trained and supplied by the Soviet Union, launched a cross-border, frontal attack on South Vietnam and conquered it, in the same manner as Hitler conquered most of Europe in World War II. A quick synopsis of America's Vietnam experience will help summarize and clarify the Vietnam scenario. Prior to 1965, U.S. advisors and aid only. 1965-1967, buildup of U.S. forces and logistical supply bases, plus heavy fighting to counter communist North Vietnamese invasion. 
1968-1970, communist insurgency destroyed to the point where over 90% of the towns and villages in South Vietnam were free from communist domination. As an example, by 1971 throughout the entire populous Mekong Delta, the monthly rate of communist insurgency action dropped to an average of three incidents per 100,000 population, many a U.S. city would envy a crime rate that low. In 1969 Nixon started troop withdrawals that were essentially complete by late 1971. DEC 1972, Paris peace agreements negotiated and agreed by North Vietnam, South Vietnam, the Southern Vietnamese Communists, VC, NLF slash PRG, and the United States. January 1973, all four parties formally signed Paris peace agreements. March 1973, last U.S. POW released from Hanoi Hilton, and in accordance with Paris agreements, last American GI leaves Vietnam. August 1973, U.S. Congress passes the case, Church law which forbids, U.S. naval forces from sailing on the seas surrounding, U.S. ground forces from operating on the land of, and U.S. air forces from flying in the air over South Vietnam, North Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos. This at a time when America had drawn its Cold War battle lines and as a result had the U.S. Navy protecting Taiwan, 50,000 troops in South Korea and over 300,000 troops in Western Europe, which has a land area, economy and population comparable to that of the United States, along with ironclad guarantees that if communist forces should cross any of those Cold War lines or Soviet armor should roll across either the DMZ in Korea, or the Iron Curtain in Europe, then there would be an unlimited response by the armed forces of the United States, to include if necessary, the use of nuclear weapons. In addition, these defense commitments required the annual expenditure of hundreds of billions of US dollars. Conversely, in 1975 when Soviet armor rolled across the international borders of South Vietnam, the U.S. military response was nothing. In addition, Congress cut off all aid to the South Vietnamese and would not provide them with as much as a single bullet. In spite of the case, Church Congressional Guarantee the North Vietnamese were very leery of U.S. President Nixon. They viewed him as one unpredictable and incredibly tough nut. He had, in 1972, for the first time in the war, mined High Phan Harbor and sent the B-52 bombers against the North to force them into signing the Paris Peace Agreements. Previously the B-52s had been used only against communist troop concentrations in remote regions of South Vietnam and occasionally against carefully selected sanctuaries in Cambodia, plus against both sanctuaries and supply lines in Laos. August 1974, Nixon resigns. Sept 1974, North Vietnamese hold special meeting to evaluate Nixon's resignation and decide to test implications. Dec 1974, North Vietnamese invade South Vietnamese province of Phuc Long located north of Saigon on Cambodian border. January 1975, North Vietnamese capture Phu Long provincial capital of Phu Binh. Sit and wait for U.S. reaction. No reaction. March 1975, North Vietnam mounts full-scale invasion. 17 North Vietnamese conventional divisions, more divisions than the U.S. Army has had on duty at any time since World War II, were formed into four conventional army corps, this was the entire North Vietnamese army. Because the U.S. Congress had unconditionally guaranteed no military action against North Vietnam, there was no need for them to keep forces in reserve to protect their home bases, flanks or supply lines, and launched a wholly conventional cross-border, frontal attack. Then, using the age-old tactics of mass and maneuver, they defeated the South Vietnamese army in detail. The complete description of this North Vietnamese army, NVA, Classical military victory is best expressed in the words of the NVA general who commanded it. Recommended reading, Great Spring Victory by General Tian Van Dung, NVA Foreign Broadcast Information Service, Volume 1, 7th of June 76 and Volume 2, 7th of July 76. 
General Dung's account of the final battle for South Vietnam reads like it was taken right out of a U.S. Army manual on offensive military operations. His description of the mass and maneuver were exquisite. His selection of South Vietnam's army as the center of gravity could have been written by General Carl von Clausewitz himself. General Dung's account goes into graphic detail on his battle moves aimed at destroying South Vietnam's armed forces and their war materials. He never once, not even once, ever mentions a single word about revolutionary warfare or guerrilla tactics contributing in any way to his great spring victory. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Should you have a question or comment about this article, then scroll down to the comment section below to leave your response. If you want to learn more about the Vietnam War and its warriors, then subscribe to this blog and get notified by email or your feed reader every time a new story, picture, video or changes occur on this website. The button is located at the top right of this page. I've also created a poll to help identify my website audience. Before leaving, can you please click here and choose the one item best describing you? Thank you in advance.